welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the podcast, the first podcast of 2024. You know, it's so different from the last podcast of 2023, right? <laughs> this time of year, it's all of the rage to talk about all of this like stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm offender number one. But, um, you know, I like the new energy and stuff, but I'm like, I'm just so totally over it. I'm like, it's 2024. We've been talking about it. We've been looking forward to it. I've been spending all of December like planning for it and preparing for it and practicing. And it's here and we can stop talking about it. It's here. And then yet here, here is where we are in the first minute of this podcast. But happy new year. It's a whole new fresh set of opportunities, which is very exciting. It's why we get all excited about it. So we rang in the new year um, in exactly the way that I wanted to, although it didn't end up completely going as planned. Um, But we, we weren't sure if we wanted to do anything. We knew we didn't want to go out and do the Miami New Year's Eve thing because that's a production. It's, you know, it's expensive. It's a scene. Usually you have to pay to get in anywhere and we're just not seeing people. So, but on Christmas, we didn't do enough. We didn't have enough plans. And so we ended up a little womp womp. So we needed to have something planned, but nothing crazy. So New Year's Eve was on a Sunday and I work we had boot camp and then I worked um, at the spa and then we had kind of the day to do whatever and we decided that we would invite a couple of people over and just play some games and then kick them out by 10. <laughs> just like we're going to play some games. We don't have much room in our space. We have a round table that seats four. We could have a couple people over and play some games. So we invited a few friends over and um, I have a friend who just moved in next door and she um, she's super cool. And her cousin was in town from LA and she said, yeah, my cousin and I are going to be just laying low doing nothing. So we would totally hang out. So I'm like, sweet. And then we invited a few other people. So we just, I made meatballs and, uh, what else did I make? Oh, I made these like little pizza pull apart things that were a great idea. However, execution dismal. And we just had tids and bits, which, <laughs> I said tits and bits 17 times and I don't know if anybody caught it but anyway I love the movie digression the movie the other sister is an old movie that I love it stars Juliette Lewis and Diane Keaton and um I forget the dad's name but anyway it's about this family and they have three daughters and the youngest one is basically autistic and she wants independence and she starts dating a boy who's played by Giovanni Ribisi. This is such a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you have to see it. And Giovanni Ribisi's character, Danny, he lived independently. And Carla wanted to live independently. And he's like, when I run out of rent money, I go to the bar. And they have free tids and bits. Which is like a little little buffet of like hot dogs and meatballs for people that are buying drinks. And so they go and eat tids and bits. And so whenever I have a party or go to a party with chips and hot dogs and meatballs and stuff, I'm like, ooh, it's tids and bits. Aren't you glad I told you that story? Are you wildly entertained? This podcast should be like awarded. Anyway. So anyway, I told everybody we might stay up till midnight, but we plan on kicking you out by 10 and we don't drink. And so it's going to be a lame party, but everybody was down. But then one of my friends said, well, hey, a few people are getting together to just cheer in the new year locally down the street at the sandbar. And I'm like, oh, well, that's walking distance. So if we're still awake, maybe we'll rally and walk down there and just have a nice little New Year's toast with our friends and then walk back. Safe, easy. I don't have to dress up. So that's what we did. We had fun playing games and then everybody left and... We did get a little fancy. I put on my best pair of Target, a New Day brand leggings that look like jeans because they have pockets. And 
a sweater with little sparkles on it. This was feeling real fancy. I think that's the first time I've worn jeans in Miami because it's so hot here normally you would never want to pull jeans up over your sweaty skin. Anyway, and then I found my black boots that came up to my knees. So I was feeling myself. I'm like, I look so good on the last moment of 2023. It's feeling good. So we walked down the street to the sandbar. And so let me just paint the picture for you. The sandbar is a bar that is right here on Collins. And Collins, where I live, it's um, we're, we're north of South Beach. We're North Beach. It's a little bit of an older area. There's a lot of laws here about the buildings and the structures. If they were built during a certain time and there's any kind of art deco, anything on them, they can't be torn down. And so some of the buildings look like ours up here. But the sandbar has been there forever. And it, they basically have these big garage doors that they open and right on the sidewalk on the main drag. A1A for you Vanilla Ice fans. I live on a street that was in a song. Kristen from Minnesota lives on the street that is in a song. I live on A1A Beachfront Avenue. And so does the sandbar. So anyway, it's it's basically a sports bar. So there's a big bar in the middle, like horseshoe-shaped bar in the middle. And then, of course, bar stools around. And then the whole room is just all TVs. And we arrived just in time to see the Packers defeat the Vikings like the loser ridiculous, worthless Vikings team that they are. Thank you for continuing to break our hearts, Minnesota Vikings, whatever. And I don't really care if they lose, but when they lose to the Packers at home, it just, it makes me angry. So I hate the Packers. Anyway, so we walked in, got to see that. Awesome. Yay. Let's finish the year watching humiliation for my football team. But then it got fun. My friends arrived, some boot campers, some friends and boot campers. It's hard because some of them are boot campers that are my friends. And then some of them are friends. They don't go to boot camp. But like, anyway, whatever. Friends arrived. And then it was super fun. The owner of the bar came out and he started handing out these really super expensive looking hats and headbands. They had to have been at least 25 cents a piece that said 2024, which was really festive. And then handing out little shot glasses so everybody could have a shot at... Midnight. So nice. And they had a DJ. Like a DJ. He wasn't there. I don't know where he was. But they had a DJ booth set up. It was really cool. So anyway, we were hanging out. And then it came down. <laughs> came time for the countdown. And they had all of the TVs on the Times Square thing. But some of them were a different network or something because some of them showed the countdown as 15 seconds away. Some of them showed the countdown as 20 seconds away. And so in the bar, they're like, all right, everybody count it down. 15, 12, and then everyone's saying a different number, and then everyone's saying Happy New Year at different times, and it was hysterical. And of course, because this is the sandbar, the sandbar used to have sand as the floor. This went away before I moved here, but I am so horrified at the idea that this place, that there was a place where the floor was sand. So that means that if you were to go in there, and you were to spill your beer in the sand, it would be there, would stay there. And say, you know, you dropped your chicken wing, you could pick it up, but the barbecue sauce would still be there, there in the sand, because they don't like wash the sand. And then like if somebody got drunk and threw up, that would just be there. Unless they were scooping it like kitty litter or something. I don't know, but I was like, People told me this all the time. They had a lifeguard tower somebody sat in and it was all sand. This is also the worst idea for an establishment ever. But the sand is gone. Now it's just a cement floor and there's like a sewer leak in the one corner. So there's always this running river of water down. You know, this is, this is the glamour of living in Miami, people. You moved to Miami, Kristen. How cool. Yes. This is part of it. This is my neighborhood. <laughs> anyway. We counted it down and then we're all cheersing and all of that. And then the DJ, he finally came back to his DJ booth and he was like, yeah, happy new year at the sandbar. This is the hottest party in Miami. And I'm like, there are 25 people here. Where are you looking? Or is there a door to another part of the sandbar that is full of people that have real hats on and drinking things that don't look like antifreeze. I don't know what he was looking at, but he was declaring that we were at the hottest party in Miami. 
And so there you have it. I was at the hottest party in Miami at the sandbar. So, um, came home and I don't know that I've been up that late in a very long time, but it was very difficult to get up on New Year's Day. We did boot camp at nine instead of, um, our normal 630. Thank God. Um, so anyway, so that was how we rang in the new year at the sandbar, but it was lovely because I got to be with Roy last year. We were, um, in Minnesota for New Year's and that was awesome. I remember we were in a fight though on New Year's Eve because we went to the grocery store to get snacks to take to the party. And Roy has this habit, like I'll be looking at things and I'll pick something up to look at it. And he'll go, no, you don't need that. And I looked at him and I was like, what are you, my dad? And he did not like that. And he got mad and it was, we were silent. So we spent the last year, day of the year, last year, at least part of it, kind of annoyed. But now he knows better than to tell me that if I look at something, I can't have it. I may not want it, but I'm allowed to look at it, Roy. And then, you know, he does not appreciate when I say something to him as rude as, you know, my dad, you know? So we both, we've come so far. We've come so far. Roy would never tell me what to do anymore. And I would never insult him by telling him that I don't need a dad because I do need a dad. I need a mom and a dad and about 20 adults on me at all times. Anyway, so that was the new year. And then this year was just, you know, a total, total cluster. Nobody knows what day it is. I just would say every day, like what day it was. I'd say it a hundred times because I couldn't remember. I missed two appointments on Tuesday because I thought it was Monday. Everybody was just sluggish and full of meat and pie. Nobody knew what, what way was up. New Year's resolutions did not happen for most people. It's like, what? It's a Tuesday. I can't start something on a Tuesday. So I feel like finally now that we're on Saturday, everybody has found a way to cope and we are, we are rolling. So that's how I'm feeling. Today we had boot camp and um, Roy went out of town um, on last minute. Uh, he went back to San Francisco and he it was sudden. And so I didn't like, well, I don't broadcast it anyway, but I went to boot camp this morning and uh, on Saturdays, typically Roy doesn't film the workouts. He spends time hanging out with the kids that come and we have a kid in boot camp, Regis, and um, his mom has been a member uh, for a long time. And Regis is eight. And he comes with his mom to boot camp. And when he first started coming to boot camp, um, he would participate a little bit. Um, but we started having kids boot camp. And he loved kids boot camp. And um, this was before Roy was in the picture, I think. But anyway, through kids boot camp and all of you know these opportunities to hang out at the beach and Roy play football with them and all of that... Um, they become buddies. And Roy has often said, like after boot camp, we'll be sitting at breakfast and he'll say, he'll be looking through photos from boot camp and he'll be like, God, I wish Regis was my kid. And then he laughs. Like, like he just loves Regis. Regis is, he's got this big personality. He's got these big, beautiful eyes. And what I love about Regis is he'll, he'll get pouty about something. You know, he's a kid. He'll do something and his mom will correct him and he'll get pouty and he'll just sit down and just kind of be pouty. And Alyssa's amazing. She'll just be like, okay, dude, whatever, like pout. And he'll just sit there and he will have his moment. And you know, he's not doing anything wrong, but he's just clearly like he's upset and he's going to sit there and he's just going to be in this feeling. And then pretty soon you look up and he's just fine. And he's just flowing between emotions and emotions and fun and movement. And he'll do some of the workout and then he'll quit. And he just, he's just showing up as him all the time. We decided to pay him $5 a week to be a, an assistant coach um, to help with boot camp on Sundays, which was a big deal because initially we had asked him to volunteer to be a coach and we gave him a whistle. So when it was time to work and then when it was time to rest for our intervals, he would be in charge of blowing the whistle. However, Regis abused the whistle privileges so much we had to confiscate the whistles. Um, because he's just blowing the whistle randomly and people are like, are we going? Are we stopping? You know, people are throwing kettlebells and battle ropes and there's just a whistle blowing. It's hysterical. And also like, Regis, no, you've, you have lost your whistle privileges. But anyway, so I'm walking up the path and I see Regis and I see a few people there and I see Regis looking like he's looking behind me and he's standing on his tiptoes and he's looking behind me and he's look, clearly looking and I'm like, oh my gosh. He's looking for Roy. I never said to anything to anybody, Gus, I cannot play fetch with you, that Roy was gone. And so I'm walking up and I'm like, oh man. And 
Regis is like, I said, hi, Regis. <laughs> Gus, this is not, hi, you're interrupting a very important story right now. Um, I said, hi, Regis. And he's like, where's Roy? I'm like, well, I'm here. Gus, Gus, this is Gus's playtime, apparently. Um, please hold. Anyway, so I don't know what to do because if I don't give him the ball, he's just going to bark at me. But if I play with him, he's going to ruin the entire podcast. Gus, we need to have a moment. Can we have a moment? I'm going to get him a treat. I'm going to bribe this dog to not be a dog. Anyway, so long story short, I walked up. Regis saw me, does not care about me. It kind of reminds me of Gus. He does not care. Where's Roy? I said, um, I'm here. I said, Roy went to San Francisco. If you, if you had asked a human to act out what devastated looks like, Regis did it. Regis was destroyed. I felt so bad. But I just, he went over and hung out with his mom and then he did a whole bunch of the workout. He did most of the workout. And I just, I was just struck by him because this is a small thing, right? Like he he was disappointed, then he did the workout. But it was this, it was this metaphor of we, we need to all be like Regis. We, I talk all the time about how we need to connect with our inner child. And here's this eight-year-old who is willing to feel an emotion. He gets mad about something and he sits down and he's mad. And then the next thing that comes along that's joyful, he doesn't stay in the mad to hang on to the mad. He lets the mad go and he goes and he has fun and he flows through it and he asks questions. And when his mom tells him something complex and he doesn't get it, he asks more questions and he accepts things and he lets his personality show and he runs as fast as he can and then burns out and then doesn't care. And he just flows through experiences like an eight-year-old with joy and with emotion and with curiosity and with a little defiance and a little attitude. And it's so delightful. And I don't know that he's thinking anything about it. He's just being Regis. And I talked before about Roxy and like, we all need to be a Roxy. Well, we need to all be a Regis. If we were all a little bit more like Regis and a little bit more like our eight-year-old selves, I bet that we would have a lot more fun. I bet that we would feel a lot more authentically ourselves And I bet other people would want to be a little bit more like us. So I'm so grateful for the little object lesson of Regis. So if you have no idea how to show up in your life, be a Regis. Be eight years old. Um, Just, you know, don't carry a whistle and blow it in people's faces. Anyway, we love Regis so much. Regis is one of those kids that once you meet him, you never forget him. So I asked his permission before I talked about him today in the podcast. (laughs) Um, what else is new around here? There's not a whole lot new around here. I, in big, this is big news actually today. I'm, I'm a little bit kind of, I'm very blown away. I had a power list written for the day. Um, I don't know if you, if I've talked about it here before, but a power list is basically a formula where you say, these are the three things that I'm going to do today. The, the most important things to do to move the ball forward in my life for today. And when I do them, I have won the day. It's an Andrew Fisella um, concept. Well, it's not his concept. He stole it from someone else and then called it the power list. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry, he did. Um, But I saw it uh, presented again on LinkedIn the other day um, in a fresher, better way, where it said... um, so many of us have no idea how to celebrate a win or how to know at all if we're making progress. And so when we don't know if we're winning or losing, and when you're an entrepreneur or you're self-employed, you don't know when to set things down and you don't know when you're doing, when it's okay to stop because you can always find work to do. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a burnout, a recipe for burnout. So he was saying, you know, if someone sat down with a game with you and told you what every piece meant and what every card meant and how to take a turn, you'd be like, okay, how do I win? And if they didn't tell you how to win, you'd really have no idea how to feel good about the experience. It's kind of like if no one told you what the point of golf was or how to, how you win at golf, you wouldn't know if you were supposed to finish 18 holes the fastest, if you were supposed to take the most strokes 
um, if you were supposed to get it in the sand and the water every time, if you don't know how to win, how do you know if you had success? And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so brilliant. And so to feel good about what you're doing, to set yourself up every single day to say, this is how I win and to make winning doable and setting up those three most important tasks. Overachieving is fine. You can do a hundred tasks, but you pinpoint those three most important critical tasks And so I'm like, this is brilliant. So here's me this morning. All right, I need to win the day. I want to start this again. I used to do it all the time, just got out of the habit. So I wrote down three things. I needed to make an Instagram ad for these bootcamp classes we're having at the fountain. I needed to record this podcast and I needed to mail my New Year's cards (laughs) because I mailed New Year's cards instead of Christmas cards because that would give me an extra week. However, it is January 6th and they were still sitting here on my table. So I had to go to Walgreens, get the stamps, stamp them and put them in the mailbox today. And that just felt like such a big deal. Like if I get, if I get this done, I'm amazing. And I told my friend Amanda that on Marco, I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this big, huge, powerful, amazing thing. It feels like insurmountable because I'd already mailed a batch and this was extra ones. And it just felt like, are you kidding me? I have to do this again. I'm still doing this. Anyway, so I went to Walgreens and I had a little bit of extra time and I'm like, you know, I need to replenish my makeup. So I quickly scanned through and found some makeup. So what did I end up getting? I ended up, they didn't have the Neutrogena um, base, whatever. What is the word? Words are so hard lately. I think I've got early onset Alzheimer's or something. I can't think of words foundation. That's what it is. Anyway, they didn't have what I normally have been, what I've been using, but I don't really like it anyway. So I got some Neutrogena matte CC cream. I don't know what CC cream is, but I'm, I have some and now it's on the floor. No Gus. And then, um, and it was kind of expensive, but it wasn't so, so terrible, but I like the brand elf for like eyebrow pencils and eyeliner. And they have a I can't see it with my glasses. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I just feel like it. It is, it's, wow, that, that, all of this, I put my glasses on to to read that it says satin finish foundation. Anyway, it's funny because I'm like, this looks like my skin color. And then I grab the CC cream. This looks like my skin color. And sitting next to each other, they look nothing the same. So I don't know. One of them is going to work. One of them is going to look like it goes on somebody from a whole other generation. Um, or nationality. See what I mean about words are hard? But then you guys, here is what I did. I remembered the name of the color of the lip gloss that I use or the lipstick, whatever. I've been using this Revlon Color Stay lipstick forever. Um, it's called like Forever Sienna or Always Sienna. And I remember the name because my friend has a daughter named Sierra. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to remember Sierra. But I'm going to get this color because there's many, many times I've run out and I forget the color and I go and I don't know. So I'm like, I'm going to go. So I go to Walgreens. They have it. I pick it up. Then I look at the tag. It is $17.99. for lipstick? Are you kidding me? I was like, are you... I'm like looking at the reading of the tag. Is this me? Is this like for a six pack? What is happening? $18 for one item that just makes your lips a better color. You can get like a, probably a spare tire for that. You can get four gallons of milk for that. You can get a, uh, I don't know. You can get 18 pairs of reading glasses for that. I was, I'm still like, now I know why our grandparents sat around and hollered about the cost of things because lipstick is now $18. Anyway, so I did not buy it. I was like, I know someone else is going to, and the fact that I'm not buying it doesn't change anything, but they're not taking 18 of my hard earned dollars for this. So I bought a different brand. We'll see if that looks okay. I don't know. But I don't even care. It might like melt my lips off. And I don't care because I'm not spending $18 on it. So there's the end of that story. Anyway, 
All right. So that is that. What else is new? Um, I talked about my water cup on my Instagram. I got this beautiful, shiny rose gold cup from Starbucks. And um, Molly B. I know her name is not Molly B. She um, found the green, beautiful, sparkly one and mailed it to me. She listens to this podcast. And she also is now in one of my group coaching programs. And I got the mail, and so now I can double fist shiny water bottles with pretty straws. Amazing. Thank you so much, Molly B. It, you all are welcome to mail me presents. The mailing address is 6365 Collins Avenue in Miami Beach, Florida. You can address it to Miami Beach Boot Camp. It'll get to me. I accept anything. Thank you. Um, anyway, thank you. So a couple more things before we get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Number one, Roy and I are facilitating a self-love retreat. And I did a little ad about it. And I want to talk about it here because so many of you have asked about, hey, is it possible that I could come to Miami for a workout? Or, you know, are you ever in my state and do workouts and stuff? Well, I've never done those types of things. But we are facilitating a retreat, which means Roy and I are putting together a self-love retreat in Colorado. It is five days and four nights. Um, our friend and yoga teacher who's run yoga for us here on the beach, um, she is a facilitator organizer of retreats around the world. So she knows her stuff on organizing retreats. And she wanted to do one in Colorado, but she hadn't really figured out who was going to run it. We Through a series of ridiculous synchronicities. I found her on Instagram because it said recommended for you. And here's this beautiful woman who's doing yoga and talking about self-love. And I messaged her and said, hey, we need an evening yoga instructor. She said, hey, I would love it. We met. We just clicked. And then here we are. She's like, I'm doing this self-love retreat. And I said, well, like, that is my that is my jam. I would love to participate. How can I get involved? And she's like, well, I need a facilitator. And so basically... Roy and I signed up to run this retreat with her. She's organizing it and putting it together. And then we're putting together the meat and the potatoes. I keep saying that. But we are having, um, we're staying in Estes Park, Colorado. And there's going to be hikes. Jessica's going to lead beautiful yoga. We're going to go to Garden of the Gods, Red Rocks. We're going to do the Manitou Incline. We're going to go to Hot Springs. Everybody gets a massage. We're going to have healthy breakfast, healthy lunches. We're going to go out to some beautiful dinners. And, um... I'm going to be holding boot camp classes. I'm going to be holding self-love workshops and facilitating amazing conversation and soul searching and intention setting. And so is Jessica. And then there's a couple of guides there that are going to be taking us around. We're renting Jeeps to bring us on all of our adventures. And this retreat is going to be phenomenal and it's already halfway sold out. So if you would love to participate in something like this, you have to act really quickly but we have room for you. Roy is going to be taking photos and video of the whole experience. So you can come, immerse, leave your day-to-day life, put your phone away. He's going to be taking videos and capturing all of the moments and the emotions of what we're doing. Connect with the beauty of the mountains and nature and focus on what it means to love yourself, to invest in yourself, to know yourself, to see the beauty in you. And exercise in nature and push your body and flow and stretch. I'm not a yogi, but I'm going to do yoga. Um, If you're a yogi who doesn't hike much, it's going to be just fine. If you're a hiker, worker out, and you don't do much yoga, it's just fine. But the price for this is insane. It's through the end of January. If you sign up, everything is included except your airfare to Denver and some meals out, but it's $1,100. So for five days, four nights on our retreat, that's insane. Like it's the, it's so inexpensive. It's not luxury. It's a little rustic. We're staying in a retreat center with cabins. But if you're interested, you have to send me an email, Kristen at the kristenexperience.com um, or send me a message on Instagram, but you can get in. We are going to sell out very soon. So many of you, so many people from bootcamp have all signed up. It's going to be phenomenal. I'm super stoked. So if you're interested in getting away, it is May 23rd to the 27th, so it's Memorial Day weekend. You'll fly into Denver. We're going to pick you up, bring you to the center. Everything is going to be handled, bring you back to the airport for your um, departing flight, 
um, it's going to be phenomenal. So if you want more information, send an email to Kristen at the kristenexperience.com. Join us in Colorado Memorial Day weekend. I'm so stoked about this. This is everything that I want. It's travel, it's connection, it's curating experiences for people, it's leading workouts, it's being in nature, and these workshops on self-love is like, this is my jam. So I'm so excited for you. There's something waiting for you. There's something waiting for all of us that are going to be there. It's going to be so powerful. I already know that. So if you want more information, do not wait. Uh, $350 deposit is all you need to put down. And then you can pay monthly until April and pay the rest in April. So we couldn't make it any easier on you to get away to Colorado with us. So I have decided that I'm going to correct some things in my patterns instead of just totally throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So this is kind of... I think a healthy way to kind of skew moving into the next phase of life versus I'm going to just change everything and become the person I've always wanted to be, right? This big thing, this dramatic thing that we want to avoid doing because we want to avoid failure. We can instead just avoid failure by being realistic. And we talk a lot about realistic goals. I talk about it all the time. And so I like this idea of correction because there's, there's a, there's a, a, a difference. That was such a hard word. <laughs> There's a difference between making a mistake and labeling a mistake as sin when it comes to religion. And um, being raised in religion, there's this whole idea of sin. And, you know, sin is punishable. And if you don't want to be punished, you need redemption, so religion, most religions have some some sort of formula this way. You do something wrong, it's sin. Sin is terrible. You need to be punished. And um, if you're not punished, and even if you are punished, um, you got to ask forgiveness, redemption. And so in our lifestyles, we tend to have this black and white mentality that if we do something that's not ideal, that it's sin and that we got to punish ourselves. So if I overeat the cake, um, it's sin. I got to punish myself. And really... What we, what we can do is look at our behaviors that aren't serving us or things that we want to change. Instead of saying that's bad and wrong and a sin, you know, using that term, to say that's a mistake or that's an error. You know, to eat the whole cake, that's an error. The cake was never meant to be eaten in one sitting. An error is something that can be corrected. A mistake can be corrected. You know, you, you do a test when you're in school and they cross out all the answers that are wrong. And then a good teacher will give it to you so you can correct it and make it right and then learn from that. And in life, we are too hasty, I think, to say that we are wrong and bad and we got to punish this thing in order to fix this thing. And I think we, we need to instead think about, can I use this terminology to inspire my own improvement instead of inspire my own negative self-talk? to further defeat me, to inspire me to feel like it's hopeless and to give up, you know? When you just keep sinning over and over again and you got to keep going, get redeemed and work it off and, and say Hail Marys and pay money or whatever, then it's just defeating. It's exhausting. You know, in religion, they were to bring sacrifices to cover their sins and then Jesus came and then they didn't have to do it anymore. You know, that's the story of redemption in 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 religion, in Christianity. And, um, you know, I don't know that anybody's trying to live their life in that model, but that model is found in so many of our thought processes. And, um, you know, you have kids, they do something wrong, they break a rule, um, we punish them. Well, I mean, some parents punish them. <laughs> so I have this instinct when I do something wrong, especially in my diet, or my lifestyle, you know, oh, I overate the cookies, or I skipped the workout. Yeah, I feel bad. I don't like that. And so my instinct is to punish myself. Like, I better go and do a harder workout, or I need to not eat my next meal, or I need to go twice as hard next time, and I need to remind myself how terrible my decision was, and punish. I punish myself. And if I can look at that and say, oh, I made a mistake, really shouldn't have gone in to that bag of jalapeno Cheetos when I know it's chemicals and I now feel like garbage, 
Um, that was a mistake. And man, I want to correct that mistake. How do I correct that mistake? Well, where was the first mistake made? The first mistake was buying them. So maybe I want to say, I'm not going to buy those things. If I make the rule that my money that I work hard for is never going to be exchanged for processed junk, then I can't make the mistake to eat it. And if I make the mistake to buy it, I still have another chance to choose not to eat it. I'm going to set myself up as far away from that mistake again because I just learned I don't feel good when I eat jalapeno Cheetos. It's a true story. Um, so this logic to say I'm not sinning, I'm not doing bad, wrong, terrible things, but I often make mistakes in my choices. I make mistakes in how I spend my time. Those, I can take a look and review my day, review my work, my week, and say, where are the mistakes that I made in my, choice, in my choices, in my actions, and how can I correct them? Obviously, I can't go back in time, but I've got another week ahead of me. What can I do differently? How can I protect myself? Now, if we're using the analogy of school, I made a bunch of mistakes on my pretest. First thing I'm going to do is go restudy the material. So to say, all right, I ended up, you know, eating nachos when I went out to dinner and I feel like garbage. And then I had a donut on the way home from work. Um, I feel garbage. So I don't like that. I made some mistakes in what I ate because it didn't feel good. So maybe I need to go back here to the drawing board and say, okay, what, what's important about this? What kind of nutrition do I need to be getting in? You know, do I need to stop thinking that I had it, I have to eat something just because I see it. Where's the mistake in my thinking? What what do I need to learn? What what information do I need to add in order to make this make make a different decision? Correct the mistake next time I'm I have the opportunity. To next time I'm in the car driving past that gas station, I want to keep driving. Or when I go in to pay for my gas, I want to walk past the cookies because I've learned fresh, that cookies make me feel like garbage, that cookies make my blood sugar spike, which leads to fatigue and me needing a nap. Cookies are not a healthy option for fuel if I'm hungry. I just reminded myself of that. So now I've equipped myself with the knowledge I need to pass that test, not make that mistake. Sometimes we need to put ourselves in a different situation. Maybe you're making mistakes on the test because it's loud and distracting where you are. So maybe you're grabbing the wrong things because the wrong things are just bombarding your environment. Maybe people are bringing things into your house. Maybe other people are distracting you from having the time to get a workout in. What's going on? How can you correct the mistake by changing the environment? So I like this idea. This idea is really working for me of correcting mistakes instead of punishing sins when it comes to my behaviors. It's so much it's, it's so motivating to think about it. I actually don't get so sad when I think about having made a mistake because I, I'm smart and I've corrected a lot of mistakes in my life and I feel empowered to correct them versus I'm a failure. I'm never going to get victory over chocolate chip cookies. This sucks. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to work out harder this week and I'm not going to be able to eat breakfast tomorrow at all because I got to burn those 300 calories. No. How about we learn a lesson to correct that mistake? So I'm also trying to really correct um, some of my lifestyle rules. So this is kind of a big one for me. I've been kind of on the grind as a hustler here, like trying to build businesses and make a living after leaving my steady job. And um, when you run any kind of business, big or small, there's a million things to do. There's just always something to do. Like right now, there's a whole bunch of stuff that needs to be done on the website. We changed our domain. We changed our name. I need to, there's, I could tell you a hundred tasks I need to do because we changed our name. I could do that right now instead of recording a podcast or going to bed in a few minutes. Um, the, so the website always has work to do. There's always somebody I should be emailing. There's always a social media post that I could be creating. There's always something to be done. There's always a cabinet to organize a bootcamp gear. There's always a client that I could reach out to and check in on. There's always something to do. And I've just gotten into this mindset of, you know what, I've got to get stuff done and the bills don't pay themselves and I got to grow this business. And when you're building a business, you don't have the luxury of saying, I'm going to go out and have a weekend like everybody else. No, it's a choice. And I've taken that way too far to where 
our friends kind of stopped asking us to do stuff sometimes because they knew we'd say no. And we just stopped leaving the house on the weekend and just went to bed early, which is really nice when you're tired, but we're just kind of starting to get stale energy. And we stopped having date nights. And so just so much of this grind and never taking time off to breathe, especially after, you know, we did a lot of traveling and we got married a bunch of times and we had a lot of fun. It was like time to work. And we dug back in a little too hard. And so instead of saying this doesn't work, we need to quit all of these things, baby, with the bath water out the window. It's like, no, we need to make some corrections. So the lovely thing is, is I started this time block schedule beginning of the year the in December to really make sure that the things that needed to be done got done each week and they were scheduled in so that I could be present when I was doing whatever it was I'm doing not worrying about when am I going to find time to do the hundred other things because they're scheduled. So as long as I honor my schedule and don't just blow anything off, I can rest assured by the end of the week, I'm going to have all of these things done that are important to moving the ball forward. And so what that allows for is for us to say, it's five o'clock, shut it all down. We are going to stop working. We are going to do what other people do, which might be relaxing, which might be going for a walk with our friends or you know, having friends over for a game night or going to one of the events that we organized and not being so tired we fall asleep at the table. To correct this whole saying no to fun, saying no because we need to work. We need to work, but our work is so much more creative and so much higher quality when we're rested. So to correct that broad generalization of being too busy, really important in the new year. So far, so good. You know, we're a whole weekend. <laughs> but the correction, instead of saying we're getting it all wrong to say we're making some mistakes, we're skipping some fun, we're skipping some events, we're skipping out on creating friendships and deepening them because we're trying to work. And that's just not okay. So Try that on, this idea of correcting mistakes versus punishing sins. I feel like it's been a really transformative thought. I read it in A Course in Miracles, which has been blowing my mind for a little while, and I love it. So, um, and along those lines, a few weeks ago, somebody said to me, see you in heaven. And it was, it was a compliment. It was basically saying like, oh, you did a good thing. You're going to go to heaven for this, which is very kind of him to say. Um, but... It made me think, you know, see you in heaven. Heaven is now. Like, I live in heaven. Heaven is now. I started thinking about that more and more, how, you know, I really don't believe that I am working here on earth as a human in order to earn something when I die. I believe that my soul is here to have a human experience and that every single moment that I am here, I can find joy and bliss I can find satisfaction and enjoyment and I can do that by staying present and by focusing on where I am today. And if you're working toward a goal, if you're working toward a a fitness goal, a, a career goal, a family goal, you know, we can get so caught up in chasing our goals that we don't enjoy the process. This is one of my biggest areas for growth and I realized in the work that I'm doing, I don't have a finish line. And then I was thinking, I don't know that anybody does. You know, if you're building a business and you say, I want to have 100000 in revenue in two years. Okay, so when you reach that goal, what do you usually do? You set a new one. And you chase that one. And then you set a new one. And so it's rare that anybody arrives at the destination and then says, all right, I'm good. I've arrived. And now I'm going to bask in this until I die. It's typically not what happens. In fact, people that are disciplined enough to go after a goal are typically so addicted to achievement that they set more and more and more and more goals. So it's very likely if you've set a goal, you're going to keep setting goals and you're never going to tap out. You're never going to hit the pinnacle. I mean, Martha Stewart is 82 and she talks about someday if she retires, she still works more hours in a week than most 22 year olds. And she's 82. You should watch her master class. I highly recommend getting master class and watching the Martha Stewart one. It's phenomenal, but 
Um, I have friends who are entrepreneurs. Um, my, one of my really close dear friends is also building um, a business and she's crushing it. She's phenomenal. And we talk about all of the things that we both need to do to build our businesses more and more, to build our brands, to get to the next level. And, you know, we're both often exhausted, her even more so. She's so hardworking. She's one of the most driven people I've ever met. And we're talking about, you know, I need to make sure that I'm building my business and to make sure that I'm making the time for it. And it's like, you know, we are never going to arrive, We are never going to arrive. So if we do not find joy now, it's not waiting for us. Like there is no pot of gold at the end of any day that is the reward that we're going to get. There, There is no reward in the future that we're working toward. I mean, there is, right? Like, okay, yeah, I'll have more income. I'm hoping that there'll be a line of people that I've been able to transform through through my work. But there's not going to be like, oh, you are the 1,000th person I've helped. Thank you. We are, I'm now complete. That's not happening. The 1,000th person, and then I'm going to be looking for 1,001 And I'm going to be thinking about if I got 1,001, how do I get 100,001? And so if heaven exists at the pinnacle, I'm never going to know what the pinnacle is. I'm never going to stop chasing for it. And so I will spend my whole life waiting for and working for something that is never going to happen. That is not okay. That is an error. That is a mistake in thinking that must be changed. And so... My word for the year, it's two words, present joy. I seek and strive this year to be present and to find the joy in the present. Today, I get to do all of these tasks and jobs and meet with these clients and speak life to them today. And yes, there's an end goal for that client or that meeting or there's a sales goal or a dollar amount or a number of people helped that I'm working towards, but that is just to have direction. But every single moment of the journey must be my heaven, must be my bliss now. And the more I fight to find it, to put it on, to pull my mind out of daydreams and reverie or worry or plotting and scheming and come back to the present moment and notice the joy accessible right now, the more I bring heaven to life into the present. If I go to bed in a few minutes, I hope I go to bed in a few minutes and I never wake up, I am sure in this moment that I've done everything that I set out to do because I've followed the path and I'm doing the things that I'm called to do. And do I have huge goals I want to achieve? Oh yes, I do. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I've done everything that I can to get to the point I am at today. That means I can start tomorrow to do the things tomorrow and onward and onward. And today I, ha- I felt joy. I was present in the joy. I noticed the sun. I noticed the sand. I noticed every person that was at my boot camp. I noticed the energy. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed their banter. I got to hear everybody say what they were grateful for. And I went to to work at the spa and I noticed the smell in the air and the sweat running down people's bodies and the energy that was being created. And I thought, wow, I'm so lucky I get to curate this amazing experience in this class. And I helped a whole bunch of little kids overcome their fear and climb a rock wall. And I noticed their faces and I was present in the joy as much as possible. And no matter what I end up doing in the future, today was the goal achieved. And it felt like heaven. And I'm so excited to let that concept permeate. And I challenge you to set goals and to have direction and to be really, really bold in knowing what you're going for. Set those goals, make them lofty, make them powerful. But make goals that you know that you 
will find joy in getting from here to there. Now, that doesn't mean it won't be hard and that you won't make sacrifices and there'll be tough days and long days and short nights. But to be striving for something that executes the mission of your soul means that that's a journey you're meant to take. And so heaven is now. Heaven is the journey. Heaven is the climb. Heaven is the process. Heaven is the struggle. Heaven is now. So to correct our thinking that we're not going to find joy at the end. The joy is not there. The joy is here. The joy is here. And, oh, it's here. And right now. And every second, it's right here, starting now. That's how I want to live more and more. I challenge you to bring this concept, this idea into your daily life. The most important being, there's no sin. You can't sin. You can't screw up and you don't deserve punishment. You are a human and if you make mistakes and you fall short of the things that you want to achieve or the way you want to show up, you're powerful to correct. You're powerful to learn and then correct. Empowered to correct mistakes, to correct errors, and to find joy in the present moment, to find joy in the present step. Your foot is up in the air and then it lands on the pavement. To find joy in the lift, in the space before you're on solid ground, and the slap of your foot on the ground. The whole step, all of it, morning till night, because heaven is now. I encourage you to find present joy. That's my goal for 2024 in a nutshell. Now it ex- extends to lots of little minutia, but would love to hear from you how you can make a correction in your thinking or make a correction in your actions so that you can execute and you can have an amazing 2024 I don't know if you can tell it in my voice, but I recorded the first half of this podcast when I was really full of energy and the second half at 10 p.m. I'm usually never up this time of night, but this was on my power list to get this podcast published. So I can't win the day until I hit publish. So you better believe I'm going to hit publish before I go to bed so I can win the day. Win the day. Correct your powerful to correct your errors and find your present joy. The end. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.